Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. to the Paddle and Finn podcast. Uh, this is the final cast segment. Uh, my name's Josh Eldridge, and I'm joined by... Justin Marshall. And we wanted to welcome everybody tonight. Uh, we wanted to sh- shout out to all of our listeners that we hit a milestone. Did you see that, Justin? You want to announce what happened today? Well, this could be a number of things. I'm not sure which one exactly you're talking about. Yeah, we hit how many plays we've gotten? Four thousand, right? Huh? At least it's at least four thousand, right? Yeah, we got we've got a lot. Um, I think we hit. At least that's the last number I saw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we wanted to say thank you to everybody. Uh, keep it coming. So, um, I know we had a really big month in July. And we hope to top that off uh, this month in August, especially now that we've got five, uh, coming up five episodes airing Monday through Friday. And we're even in the works of possibly doing another one. So we just wanted to shout out to our listeners and say thank you. So we got the full schedule going, giving you a week full of uh, content, a little variety. So, and I mean, you don't even have to listen. You can have your choice of what segment you want to listen to. And- Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, today, Justin and I are going to be talking about paddles. Uh, Justin recently acquired a new high-end paddle, and I've been really excited to hear his report on it. I've had mine, uh, I think this is the first full season that I've had mine. I think I got mine midway or towards the end of last season. I can't exactly remember. And I had make, made a significant jump. When I got mine, um, I'm, I uh, paddle bending branches, not sponsored by them or anything like that. I just chose a brand and went with it. I know Justin had a bending branches as well, uh, but he did switch brands. 
So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the comparison. I did get some notes together as far as specs on the paddles that uh, my family has. Um, I don't, you know, I know that you probably have your specs too, possibly. So, yeah, what we'll do um, is we'll just, uh, I actually have my first paddle ever right here. Yeah, so, I got mine with me too. Well, um, <laughs> so I figured we start at the bottom and just kind of work our way up, talk about some specs, talk about what we like about them, uh, kind of go from there. I think you have, you probably have, do you have a shoot paddle? No, no, no. Okay. So we, we, we pretty much have five or six different paddles here that we can talk about, uh, yeah. which is great because that is that's a pretty good variety. Um, so yeah, I figure we'll just go ahead and start at the bottom. Uh, what I did is I went out a couple days ago <clears throat> to a local lake, Eastwood Lake here. Um, if anybody from the area is familiar with that, it's just a big, wide open, rectangular lake, so it's a great place to... They have kayak demos there. It's a good place to just paddle around. Um, so I took all three of these paddles out. I'm actually getting ready to get rid of my, my first paddle, so I figured I better get this test, this little uh, review done before I give it away. Um, but yeah, I took it out to the lake, and I decided I was going to do 10 minutes with, with each paddle. Uh, I just had my girlfriend go out there and time me, and I just took as many strokes as I could. I paddled straight, I tried to do 360s, I paddled backwards, um, just pat stroking it uh, for 10 straight minutes, and then uh, came back in, took about a two-minute break, and uh, switched paddles and, and did it with the next one all the way up. So, um, obviously the first one here is the shoot paddle, C-H-U-T-E. Uh, this is a paddle I would consider to be an entry-level paddle if you are buying a sit-in kayak. For those who started with a sit-in kayak, definitely me. This this paddle is $49.99, and I think you can you can sometimes find it for $39.99 now, depending on where you go. A uh, couple little changes have happened to it over the years. Like Field and Stream has their name on it now, and it's still a shoot paddle. Uh, there's a lot of very similar paddles to this, <clears throat> uh, but it's 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 about forty nine ninety nine. You got coupons. I'm sure you can get it cheaper. It is a basic two piece aluminum shaft with asymmetrical blades. There's really not anything special to this. It's pretty textbook. It's got your big bulky uh, drip rings on it, which don't get in the way. I mean, they're fine, but it's just standard drip rings uh it did have a grip on it but the grip was very cheap and fragile and it would get tears in it uh, i probably put tears in that thing within the first year that i had it and it still had it on there a couple weeks ago and i ended up just pulling it off uh, it's it's one of those grips you can just replace with electrical tape or something like that yeah it was nothing special it wasn't padded it was just a rubber almost like a rubber like you dipped it in rubber and that was it. Yeah. So the grip wall on it wasn't that great. Uh, let's see. It does have the offset blade adjustment. I think it's like a 60 degree angle for the the uh, feather adjustment, feathering adjustment. Yeah. I believe that's what it's called. Yeah, the feathering on it. 
so just two options with that. You cannot extend it to a bigger size. But this paddle has plenty for, for an entry-level paddle, which for me, when I was just getting into kayaking and stuff, it was more of like cosmetic I was looking at anyways. Yeah, I was starting out and it was, it was cool, but you're looking at colors and you're looking at the flashy stuff. And this paddle comes in probably 10 different colors, I want to say. You can get like yeah. a neon green, neon pink, any more you can. I mean, I got this paddle seven years ago. So there's plenty of colors to get in it. Uh, you yeah. can get it in 180 centimeters all the way up to 230 centimeters. And the weight of this bad boy is two pounds and 20, two pounds point 27 ounces. Uh, wow. Which amounts to 36.32 ounces. Altogether. Oh, okay. That's uh, so not, it, when you say it in pounds, it made it sound way worse. Oh yeah, when I looked it up, it actually had pounds on there. So two point twenty seven pounds if we're talking pounds. Uh, when you're jumping into this for the first time and you've never paddled anything else, you probably aren't going to notice much of a difference. You put it in the water, you stroke. Um, it, it's it's a good paddle to get you going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can take a beating. It's got really thick blades, nice little bow in it, uh, like a spoon to help you grip the water. I only recommend it for people who have sit-in kayaks because it only goes up to a 230 centimeter. For yeah. me, I use a 250 to 260 now after yeah. I learned a thing or two about what size paddle I should be. I'm six foot tall. With shoes on, I'm six foot one. And after I learned a couple things about what size I should have, there's no way. I'm not even sure what size this one is. You know, back then I pretty much just grabbed a paddle, stood next to it for a second, and I was like, okay, this is good. Yeah. And being that low to the water, it really doesn't matter. But 230, if you're paddling any, pretty much any type of sit-on top kayak, that's not going to be long enough. And I noticed that yesterday when I took it out and paddled with it because... I needed to do a test with it, but it was it was it was way too short for sitting up on on the Coos HD. Oh yeah. You know it cut through the water well, but it it cut through the water in a way that it, it left me using a lot of energy, and it, I felt like I kept paddling and I wasn't going anywhere. I mean, I, w- I was moving, but it didn't feel like I was going anywhere fast. And I was using a ton of internet, stroke after stroke after stroke. And here I barely move. And I'm thinking, if I had to go to the other end of the lake with this, um, yeah, I'm pretty glad that I, I have the, the mid-grade paddle, which I'm going to get into next. Uh, I'm pretty glad I have that paddle because on some of the lakes that I've been on and doing some tournaments like that, mm-hmm. You would just it'd be absolutely drained. I mean, I, sometimes I am already drained just being out in the sun. But if I was to still have this kind of paddle, uh, it would take a toll on me. Right. Do you have anything that compares to one of these entry-level uh, paddles that you want to hit on? Yeah. Yeah, I do, actually. Let's, I, let's, let's see I, yours. I grabbed the wife's uh, bending branches. She has the bending branches whisper. Okay. That's up. Oh, yeah, I've seen that before. 
So, so what, what's the price point on this one compared to that one? So we're, we're at 50 bucks for the, the entry level, pretty much as low as you can go without somebody giving you a paddle. Right. What's the price point on that? Uh, this one came in just under 60 bucks. Um, I think I saw it for like 68 and then I saw somewhere else that it was 58 and I, you probably can even get it cheaper than that sometimes, you know, if there's a sale or whatever. Um, it's a bending branches, so it's made in the USA. Um, it's called a whisper. Uh, I think there's another version of it, a newer one, maybe called a whisper dream. I'm not sure if this, that that's what this one was called when we bought it. We bought these, we bought that four years ago so i believe that's um, out of wisconsin right yeah yeah it is uh it's definitely a plus that's worth the extra 30 bucks right there yeah it um <laughs> it, it's got a nylon blade with an aluminum sh shaft hers is it's adjustable also like uh like we were just going over with yours I, it's got like a 60 degree feather or something that's it it's got it's actually got two of them Okay. So it's got two other angles you can paddle at. I think, I don't know if that's standard with bending branches. I'm assuming so since that's a lower end model. I think m most of their paddles come with that ability to change the, the angles of the blades. So yeah, I, don't yeah. use, I don't use that on mine. Um, I just keep mine locked where it's completely in a straight line. I, I make the adjustments by turning my wrist. So I, uh... I was looking into that a little bit. I've only ever had mine straight across too, but after some of the, uh, if you're not familiar with the feathering of a paddle, basically it's the blades in relation to one another. You can, on some of these paddles, and we'll get into it, uh, like these lower end ones, you can basically just change. It gives you, I'm going to say this is a 60 degree, so you can only do it's probably two. It's probably a third degree and 60 degree. Anyways, it's how when you are paddling in the water with your strokes, when your arm goes forward, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, when you, when you have one blade in the water and the other one is up in the air, you don't want the blade typically being open and flat against the wind because it slows you down. It puts more right. resistance on, you know, uses more energy. So when you adjust that, when the, the one hand that's up in the air is turned to knife through the the, um, the wind and just help make you faster, basically. Yeah. Help you stay straighter if uh, you're... I always thought it was for if you were using more of one arm than the other and you kept the front of your boat kept going in one direction, you could make that adjustment. But I'm still learning a few things about it, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. The uh, the whisper came in at 37 ounces, so it's a it's a heavy paddle. That's 37 ounces too uh, at 220. Yeah, that's uh, actually heavier. Well, I take that back because this is a this is a smaller size paddle. So put this yeah. in the side. We'll put this in a 230, and I guarantee you it's probably uh, 38 or 39 ounces, if not about the same as that one. So yeah, this is yeah. just a small paddle. Yeah, uh, Laura likes it. Um, I've tried to actually have her use one of my other ones. Um, that say, has she used anything else compared to it? Yeah, she used my Angler Scout, which we'll talk about next, and uh, that's a 240. She has a Cruise 10, which is actually, you know, it's just a sit on top, but it's actually wide. Um, it's 
comparable width to some of your um, smaller width fishing kayaks. I think it's like 30, 31. maybe close to 30. No, it's a, probably even a little wider than that. It's pushing really? 30, maybe even 34. Yeah, it's a short like width boat. Uh, but they don't make those anymore, boat. do they? Or do they? Yeah, I think they do. Okay. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, I think that they still make it. Uh, I don't know. I know they make like an angler version of it and then they just have like a standard version. She doesn't have rod holders or anything, but I wanted her to try it out and say, Hey, you know, do you ever feel that you're clipping the side of your boat in your paddle strokes, you know, yeah. because with the width, that's, that's the main thing about fishing kayaks is you want to look at these longer paddles, you know, because of exactly what you said, Absolutely. you, you use that chute and a sit in that wasn't very wide and it, you didn't notice it. But, but as soon as you try to utilize it on your Cousa HD, man, it's just, you just clip the side of that boat every it's time. It's not even worth it because you, you're not only are you, you're almost, you almost have to lean over to put the the blade it touches but you almost have to lean in addition to using which i would never consider using this paddle on that boat but uh yeah that is uh, a big deal you need to have especially with the let's see my boat's 34 inches wide um, and, and typically you're not going to use a high angle stroke there's mm -hmm. two different types of uh, paddles you can paddle low angle your low angle paddler, which basically your wrist doesn't go any higher than your uh, shoulders. Mm -hmm. It's more of just a casual, a lot of kayak fishermen are going to use that because, you know, we're paddling little touches here and there. Yeah, when we need to go across the lake or something, we're going to be paddling a little harder, but um, the boats are too wide for you to actually get that, that big, pretty much straight down the hull of your boat. Um, yeah. It'll, it'll flip it a whole lot if you do that big up and pretty much straight down look behind you you can't get that full form on the proper stroke so we use more of low angle paddles yeah okay so yeah that's uh you know it's it's basically uh, an entry level rec it comes in as an entry level recreational uh paddle so is there um, anything special on the blade on that because it kind of looked like a teardrop when you had it up here yeah, it's a little on the smaller side, like comparison to what you have for the shoot. If you look at it, let okay. me uh, grab, let me grab, like, yeah, everybody, you can look at the different, every one of these paddles has a different shaped blade, man. Uh, here's my Angler Pro, and then here's the <laughs> Angler Scout. Okay. You know, and every one of them is comparatively different shape. I'm and, interested uh, in seeing, I didn't get a chance to look, well, I did, but I didn't look, uh, when we get to the Angler Classic and Angler Scout, I want to know the difference between those two. Oh, it's significant. So, is it? Yeah, the Angler Scout is an entry-level paddle, but uh, to be honest, I think that might be geared to um, younger kids. Sounds like Once it. I looked at it and looked at the sizes, it only its biggest size is a two forty, and I'll go I'll go ahead and segue into that since we're talking about it now, so and then we'll you, switch back. Yeah, yeah. Did you buy that and then look at um, look into it, or did um, you buy it for for Laura? The Scout. Yeah, or did you buy it and then like later you learn like you really you just bought it and weren't even sure, and then later you're like, oh, oh. this might be for kids. Well, I just realized that. 
now <laughs> when I was looking up the specs. I was like, wow, I thought they offered a 260 in that, and they don't. It's like 220, 230, 240. So it might, it might not be, but I thought it was weird, even as an entry level, that they didn't have a 260 considering it's a uh, fishing, uh, fishing well, paddle. It's an it angler really scout. Yeah, it's got the uh, angler scout has the little hook thing. Uh, it's like a try not to knock these over. Um, let me go ahead and set hers down. If you see right here on the top part right here, yeah, that's to try to that's a hook like retrieval like notch. Yeah, you've got it too. Mm -hmm. And you know, I guess the key is to put that on your line and. Slide it down in the water, and you can knock your uh, knock your lures uh, loose. Like you know, if you're stuck on a branch or a log or something like that, so it's kind of difficult. About that, I actually one of my little reviews on this. It's a great paddle. I love this paddle. I've used this paddle for probably hasn't been much over a year, uh, mm -hmm. but this was this has been my regular paddle for the past whatever eight nine months. Um, I haven't used this retrieval system a whole lot. I've tried to use it. Um, I don't know if it's just I'm not getting hung up on, on as much stuff. I don't know if it's just whatever the case may be. But when I've gotten caught up on stuff like, say, a tree, I've just paddled up to it and undone it. I've, I've also been hung up in like, the higher trees and stuff too high to even reach or if it was lower enough i was just standing up in my kayak and going over and pulling it the times that i did really use this and i wanted it to work was when i got hooked up on in the water on the bottom let's say i was fishing and there was some big logs or something and i was throwing a chatterbait down deep and the chatterbait got hung up i wanted to take my paddle i wanted to put this on my line push the paddle down but then we're talking you know i can only reach as far as the paddle will go i wanted that to go down there and kind of uh, knock it up or mix it around that's where i really wanted to use this but i haven't got a whole lot of use of it pulling yeah. stuff out of trees so take from that what you will but um, i mean somebody else might have <clears throat> a ton of use with it but it just hasn't been that useful to me I, to be honest man uh i think it had the purpose of that in mind um but like i had the same exact experience I had it had to be relatively shallow, and it usually had to be a tree or like a log with some significant size. If I was stuck on like kind of a floating branch or a branch that was submerged, it was still difficult because you're still bending it, the branch. And the, I think the whole gist of that is to put pressure on the front side of that lure with your paddle to knock that hook backwards in a sense out of you know out of the snag. Well, okay. if you're on a branch, that branch is still going to flex. You know what I mean? So right. it, it, it worked. It's just not – it's not really successful. Kind of hit or just, miss. And, and know. I know it probably isn't much to put a little notch like that into a blade. It's not going to affect your paddling. Um, yeah. it, it could be used as a marketing – you know, here we get the lure retrieve system. That sounds cool, right? Sounds yeah. like, uh, okay, this is an additional tool that I could use. I was never sold on it, but yeah. like I said, it being in there does not bother me. Um, and it's pretty easy to do. I mean, you could probably imitate this, not perfectly, but if you took a Dremel tool, 
probably yeah. hard oh, yeah. like that into your uh, like my shoe paddle. I could totally come up with something. You know, it might not be all refined and everything. If I took my time with it, yeah, but easily imitated. Uh, I don't believe it's that significant. If you're buying this paddle for that reason, you're wrong. But who am I to say? Right. Well, and to be honest, I didn't really like using it. I didn't like having my line dragged through it, technically, you know? Oh, yeah, too. You move. bring your line all up. I mean, I don't know if it would, but it's just, you know, it was always in the back of my mind. Like, as I sit here, and I don't feel like rough edges, but I could see how maybe in manufacturing, having that cut out, it could cause, like, a seam or something where the plastic's a little on the sharp side. Oh, yeah. It looks if a as it is, yeah, it looks a little it, rough. Yeah, like I, I don't know if, like, I don't think Braid would really have an issue with it since you're just kind of doing it randomly. But if you were using some finesse line, say like some eight pound test or below of fluoro or, um, That's what I use. you know, or mono, like maybe that would kind of hang up, but not hang up, but just kind of that friction against that line. Um, just something to but, think about. I, I'm assuming if it comes down to your $12, $13 whopper plopper sitting in the tree, you're, you're going to try and then just retie. But right. just something to think about. But uh, yeah, the Anglo Scout from Bending Branches, I have a 240. Um, okay. It has a nylon blade also, uh, an aluminum shaft, just like the Whisper. Uh, it weighed 37 ounces, but it it is 20 centimeters longer than the Whisper. So. It's uh, definitely a, overall. It's gonna. It's lighter. It doesn't sound like it is, but it's a bigger paddle at the same weight. Um, and that retails around eight to eighty dollar mark as well. Um, so when I bought this paddle, um, I got some advice that was kind of bogus a little bit. Um, I was uh, on Ohio game fishing just like you were, and uh, it was when I started to shop and ask questions around. And somebody asked me how big of a person I was, and I'm like, well, I'm about six foot tall, like 190, 200 pounds. And he was like, oh, well, you'll probably want to get a 240 because I'm 6'3", 6'4", 260, and I have a 260. I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. So that's what I went with, and I bought uh, bought the paddle through a local outfitter store, um, and didn't think of anything, didn't really research it any further. Um, I thought uh, the person I was talking with uh, knew what they were talking about, and there is truth behind that in a sense, because, but not necessarily in your height. Uh, your height plays a big part of it, but like you touched on, what really, really, in my opinion helps determine your paddle length is going to be the width of your boat and the oh, yeah. length of your arms yep. and your height. So it wasn't just my body size that played a part. The biggest thing that played a, played a part, what I ended up finding out as I paddled with this paddle, because I had this paddle. This was the first paddle I got when I got the Kusa HD. So I bought the Kusa HD. It was my first boat and this paddle was my first paddle. And I had this paddle all the way up until last year. So I paddled with it for three, three solid years. And um, like you were talking about, I, if I really started, if I'm sitting there kind of chill, relaxed, and I'm taking it slow, paddle is no problem. The instant I try to turn it on and I needed to make a move and I need, I was moving quick, whether, you know, usually it's going to be in a lake. You're not, 
a lot of times you're not paddling too crazy in rivers. Um, if you're fishing, you tend to be floating more, you know, than anything. But if I needed a, to move and make a significant, you know, distance move, uh, I, that's where I would find myself clipping the side of the boat. You know, I, I would often hit the side, um, just from where I was paddling quickly. And, um, you know, it, that also is probably partly due to inexperience of paddling and stuff. You know, I got better with it as time, you know, progressed. But I also think, though, because of that, it caused, like, you know, fatigue and, like, back pain because I wasn't paddling properly because of the length of my uh, paddle. I wasn't using my core the way I should be. I was tending to paddle with more arm, arm strength than anything. And so it made it very, very inefficient. So um, I like to paddle. It's a, it's a good paddle. There's nothing really wrong with it. It's just it is on the heavier side. It's an entry level, you know. Um, but I didn't really ever know any different until I upgraded, you know, recently. So you want to go ahead and share your experiences with your, uh, your mid-level paddle? Yeah. Uh, let's see. First of all, it has couple features here this retails at 149.99 actually when it first came out i think it was 149 i got mine for 139.99 at cabela's uh and it can still be found at that price and if you look hard enough you can probably get it for 130 or 120 if you're lucky the weight on this one is 34 ounces um, so couple ounces a little bit more than a couple ounces less than my shoe paddle makes a big difference uh there's only I, I would say if you're a person that cares about color this is probably a bummer to you it only comes in two colors it comes in the sage green and it comes in an orange color i personally don't care I think sage green looks pretty cool. Uh, if I had the option to get the orange, I probably would have went with orange because uh, I tried to do a whole Bahama theme with my Cuse HD, and I started adding a bunch of orange, uh, orange cosmetic stuff, bungee nylon bungee cords and all that. And uh, <clears throat> so, if I had that option, I would go back and probably buy that. So two colors. Uh, it's got polymer blades. That's fiberglass reinforced. The blades are 6.9 by 17 inches, so you're getting, compared to the chute, I would say we are about the same thickness, almost the same type of blade shape too, with a little bit more of a rounded end, and it's mm -hmm. definitely a little longer, and this is definitely a, a low-profile paddling paddle. Right. You can adjust the uh, feathering on it in 10 centimeter increments. Yeah, it's, yeah. there's a couple options where you can do it in 10 centimeter increments. And it's available in a 220 centimeter up through a 260 centimeter. I think that's about it. Other than the uh, hook retrieval system, which we touched on there. Uh, yeah, it's got the uh, 0 to 60 degree. So again, it's got... <clears throat> you'll see the big, there's going to be a big difference between this one and the next one we talk about. But the main difference between this one and the entry level is certainly the weight. Yeah. And 
I think the adjustments with the feathering is pretty similar. Another really cool feature about this is that it's got a measuring tape for you that's yeah. not just stickered on there. It's not just painted on there. It's actually uh, glassed over or there's a there's definitely a, a thick coating of something between you and that actual measuring tape. Uh, that's for like the recreational fishermen. If you need to throw something up real quick and get a ballpark figure on if you can keep it or not, it's a measuring tape. It's not something that's going to be uh, certainly not regulation for uh, KBF rules or anything for you to measure a fish, but it's something to, to throw up on there. Kind of cool, but it's not going to wear out either. And on the other side, oh, it's... yeah, it does. It does? <laughs> like, yeah, look like at mine. Oh, wow. Uh, How long have you had yours? For three years. Yeah, oh, that yeah yours has. Then you must have worn off your whatever that layer is. Yeah, unless yours is uh, coated better than mine. I mean, this is the Angler Scout, so it might be a little bit different. True. So but... that could be a different as well as you've had that much longer than I've had this. Like I said, probably a year or so. Is so on this one, Justin. As I'm looking at it, um, yeah. this is actually, and I don't think I've ever even noticed this. There is a like a plastic. It's like a sleeve. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So like, right there, you can, can see you... this where it's starting to peel off. Uh, it might be kind of hard to see. It is starting to peel off in different areas, but the measuring tape is here. Yeah. So it's. I think it's getting dinged up on the side of my bow and on other things uh, with this spot here. Right. But I've been impressed with at least the measuring tape on this one. Yeah. Yeah, on mine, it mine started to wear, I think, in about the last year that I uh, was using it. So, um, no big deal. Like, for me, you know, I, I keep measuring boards on the boat anyways. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I always found it a little bit cumbersome to try to measure a fish on there. Um, for tournament purposes, obviously, you can't use it. But even even at then, it's just kind of, I, I didn't like holding a fish up to it and having it in my lap and, that sort yeah, of thing. I don't. Just, I don't use it either. Clumsy, so, if you're somebody that does use it, though, my review on it is that the measuring tape will at least last longer than something that's just painted on, and that's it. So, yeah, it's got my thumbs up here. Again, I'm not going to use it. I had a, a boat. It was a Perception Striker 11.5. That actually had a measuring tape molded into it on the side, and I'm thinking. Okay, you can hold a fish down over the side to measure, or is that for something that's so big that it just comes up to the side of the boat? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, right. Yeah, and perception right. striker 11.5 is not something that you're going to take, I don't know, sturgeon fishing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, I found that, I thought that was pretty funny that, uh, yeah, uh, perception striker 11.5 has got a measuring tape molded into yeah. it on, on the side. Other than that, it's got a little bit fancier drip rings, which yeah. doesn't get in my way. I don't know if anybody ever has made a bad review on the drip rings, but it's a basic drip ring. They were. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's it. That's all I was going to say for those. Um, yeah. While we're talking about drip rings, I just got I, – I read a, a post by somebody. I don't recall who, but when, you, when I had mine, uh, my boat and got the paddle those drip rings were fairly close to the end of the blade 
And I was reading somewhere where somebody talked about offsetting them a little bit. You know, the closer they are to your blade, the quicker that water's going to obviously that comes run, running down your blade towards the shaft is going to disperse off of it quicker. Mm-hmm. But if you are starting to make a move and you need to cover some distance, a lot of times you start dipping your paddle further into the water. And when you do that and you've got those drip rings close to the blade like that, you can possibly then at that point dip that drip ring into the water on, on the stroke, and that's going to cause a lot of resistance. So if anybody's having kind of issues like that, take a look at your drip rings, and you might want to adjust them down a little bit. Um, to be honest, uh, there's I don't see like a huge difference in having mine offset. Like on my angle for pro, I slid it down a little bit, that's and about it used to sit, right there. Yeah, I used to sit it here though to try to keep, you know, the, let the water come out. But the more I fish lakes, the more I started realizing sometimes you don't you don't really want to dip your paddle that far in. But sometimes when you're moving and you're not paying attention, it's really easy to get the entire blade down in the water. And if that drip ring's really close, you're going to run into the risk of having that drip ring get in the water, and it's going to cause you uh, unneeded resistance. So. Just a, just a note on that. So, And maybe a reason for them to get, because we're going to get into the, the higher-end kayaks here, or uh, paddles here in a minute, but maybe these, these drip rings do weigh half an ounce. I don't know. Maybe it's a way of keeping weight off when you see the next one, which is even more low-profile than this. This yeah. one's, you know, not small, but not big. But the next, the other ones don't even look like rings. They well, they look like a ring, but they're not like cupped up like a suction cup. Yeah. Some of the really higher end ones. So maybe maybe a reason for that would be to keep as much weight off as possible. Because with some of the, I mean, there are paddles out that weigh 27 ounces and they're fiberglass or they're, uh, they're uh, carbon fiber. Carbon fiber, yeah. And I'm thinking at that point, what more can you do with a paddle? And, and yeah. then you're just trying to scrape off as much <laughs> ounces as you can. So maybe that's a reason for them doing the low low profile on those. Right, right. I get you. Oh, yeah, because uh, I had standard drip rings on the Angler Pro. So, But I ended up switching them out, which we'll go into when we talk about the high end. So you want to go ahead and start talking about it? The Werner? Yeah. Uh, as a last note, I would say this is a pretty popular paddle. Um, we I did a pretty standard move here. I got what a ton of people would grab for because it's it's close to you when you're looking at a kayak at a big box store. Yeah, it's cheap, but I also know that a lot of people make that step up to this. I think this yeah. is like the most popular upgrade. You get a ton of bang for your buck. That's what I heard so many people say on YouTube videos. Best bang for your buck. Best bang for your buck. It's yeah. well worth it. It's $140. Yeah. I recommend it. Yeah, and just like you said, you there, Justin? Yeah, I'm here. You're okay. Here. I, I just lost a video on you for a second. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, it's uh, – that paddle is, like you said, is probably literally the most popular – fishing paddle on the market the angular classic from bending branches is 
And uh, like you said before, you can find that thing often. Um, you know, even like at a $140, $150 price tag, that does seem a little pricey for a paddle. But like you said, you can find that thing. I've seen it go as low as like 120 something also. And a lot of times, if you guys are interested in upgrading, um, check out like towards the end of the seasons, like when it's like winter time, um, uh, most of these companies are redesigning their stuff. So I know Bending Branches often redesigns their paddles. And so they'll come out with, you know, it'll be the same name, the Angler Classic, but they might have done something slightly different or whatever. And those will often go on sale. So uh, keep on mind, uh, keep in mind on that, you know, and that even goes with like fishing kayaks. Uh, you know, everything kind of gets redesigned. So always, if you're looking to save a little bit of money, you could always buy that, that, you know, that last little bit of stock that they have, you know, before, uh, the next season when the prices go back to their normal retail value. Yep. Um, if you have gift cards or something and you're looking to get a different paddle, this is definitely the way to go. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I know you said you lost the video on me. Let me know if you use audio. I can still hear you. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so let's move into the higher-end kayak paddles. Um, you want to start with yours, or you want me to go? You go ahead. Okay. So the last paddle that I... No, I just lost video on you. You still there? Uh, I, just, I just tried to switch it. That's all. Okay. I I'm wanted to see if it brought you back, so... Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to show this, but... Anyways, I recently got the... Werner Shuna hooked and after doing a little bit of research on this paddle I found out that it's technically a high angle paddle but uh, it should work for I, I know it's going to work for uh, even if I'm a low angle paddler especially if I get a kayak where the seat sits up even yeah. higher it's only going to help me more Let's go through the specs on this. It is a paddle that retails anywhere from 285 to 310. So if you started out in a sit inside kayak, it's going to cost as much as the kayak costs back in the day whenever <laughs> you started out. <laughs> and it's it's certainly adjustable in a few different ways. You can do the, the feather is for zero to 75 degrees in increments of 15. The shaft is carbon and the blade is fiberglass. We're looking at 27.5 ounces, which is 27.5, 27.5, a huge, okay. about five and five ounce difference, which is a huge difference there from my last one. Um, see, there's, there's some really cool colorways with this one. You can get a, like a bass scale green. You can get the Catch Lime Drift Redfish Golden Stealth Camo, Trophy Charcoal, and I believe I have the Trophy Charcoal. Yeah, I would show you if my video was working. Pretty slick. It almost it, it looks like fish scales, but they're gray and black, and I've always been a fan of the smoky. I mean, you just can't go wrong with gray. You really can't. It's a sharp paddle, man. I really like that design on it. Very, very sharp paddle. Um, we have a blade that is 46 by 16 centimeters. And 
the last one, the bending branches one I had was 6.9 by 17.5 inches. I should have did the conversion on that to centimeters to see how big the difference was. Anyways, it comes in a 220 centimeter to 260 centimeter reach. It is a two-piece paddle. And the cool thing about it is it's got the lever lock adjustable system on it where you can at this point we're getting into the you buy one paddle you have it for every kayak that you own you don't have to let's say you have a sit-in kayak clearly you're going to need a smaller size around 200 to 230 or even 240 and then like I right. mentioned earlier you're going to want the big I paddle a 250 I wouldn't be opposed to going to 260. I'm actually not right. sure what this one sits at for me. I knew it was adjustable by, uh, it's got 18 additional centimeters that you can adjust this to. You just pop the lever up that's on the handle and it like releases, I'm not sure how it works, but it's like it releases the air on the inside and as soon as you pull that down, it's like, it's not going anywhere. It doesn't adjust anymore. You don't have. There's no push buttons, no snap buttons. Yeah. You just pull this lever, pull this lever back, make your adjustments, and then close it. Are you afraid that it it's put, <clears throat> like a potential wear point that maybe it'll stay loose? I was skeptical with that at first. I, that's the first thing I thought of because I'm always a person that's going to be like. You know, it doesn't matter what it, what it, what it comes down to vehicles. Uh, if something <laughs> there's just too much stuff going on with a car, I'll be like, "Wow, I wonder how long that's going to take to break." Right. And so the first thing I, I said with this one is, "How does that work?" And I want to know how long people have had these. Brian told me that there's this little, it's almost like a bolt that's sticking out of the very end before you put a, put it together, the two pieces together, and if it starts to slip. You can tighten down on that, and apparently that helps it somehow. Again, I'm not sure how that system works on the inside there. I'm going to need to do some extensive research for it, but it is definitely an interesting paddle. Again, this is where you're going to have the one paddle for all because you can make your adjustments and make it up to 18, 18 centimeters longer. Yeah. Is it telescoping then? Yes. Okay. That, that's what I thought you no, were wait, 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 referring. Wait. No, because that would be where you teles telescoping would be, where just a turn would tighten it, right? Well, no, where you could adjust the length of it. You could go oh, from okay. two thirty to two sixty. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Th then yes. Yeah. I have okay. seen some where you basically take your grip in the paddle and you basically turn your right wrist backwards and that loosens it up and then you can just slide it up and down and then you just yeah. turn this forward and tighten it. I know a lot of the bending branches higher ends have that system, yeah. or, some of, or some of them do. But this is the first, I don't know if this is new for the past two years or so, but definitely cool. That lever's not going to get in the way of my hand. When I, it, It's got the drip rings. If uh, my video was working, I could be showing you right now. It doesn't uh, go up into like a suction cup. It doesn't curl up like it's going to catch water. It just is basically a rubber ring. Those are adjustable as well. Uh, this blade we talked about is fiberglass. So instead of the shaft being fiberglass, on, like on my last one with a 
the blade on. Yeah, polymer, fiberglass, and, and for polymer plastic. But now, now the blade is fiberglass. When yeah. I took it out to paddle it, it, you know, I just wanted wanted to keep it short and sweet. Ten minutes uh, with each paddle is enough to give me to feel the difference, especially when I haven't paddled my first paddle for five plus years. I mean, this is just something. This is a game changer for me. Yeah. It almost felt like, and, and it's going to be, it's going to come down to the way I was paddling it and the way I was used to paddling my other one. But it almost felt like, because this is a bigger blade, when you put it in the water, it's almost like a, it's, it's more like a spoon. It's got a really nice curve shape to it. And yeah. It grips the, it, it, like, yeah, it pushes off the water better. And it almost felt like, the blade was zigzagging in the water. It almost felt like it was uh, doing a like a wave or something as it was cutting through when I was stroking to the back. Yeah. So it's like definitely that, like the flutter we were talking about. Yeah, the flutter. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely. I don't know if it's flexing or that's just how it cuts through the water, but I can I can definitely feel it grip into the water better and I, and I was going faster this is going to be a case where so far my impression with paddles is that you get what you pay for it's pretty textbook if you're not convinced uh, that some of these higher end paddles are worth it yeah I'm gonna say that I'm convinced that they that there is a difference and there and I'm sure there's even a because there's some some paddles that are uh, one or two steps up from this as well um, those are probably. You know, I'm looking forward to trying some, but those are probably even even more of a game changer from this. Right. So I was faster. I do feel the difference, uh, especially being able to extend it a little longer. You, you feel like there's no problem reaching the water. Doesn't matter how high your seat is. I'm in a Coos HD, which is one of the lower sit-on-top seats at this point. Some of the kayaks that are coming out have. Seats that sit on plastic, uh, like a plastic. What am I trying to say here? It sits within another piece of plastic to where you can adjust it within that piece of plastic, as opposed right. to setting it right on the boat, like like mine. But yeah, this is a solid. Uh, this is a solid paddle. It, it's very. I don't know if you can hear that. It seems like something you would break. The, I mean, you can almost see through the blade. Yeah. Um, one thing I did notice is that it stained pretty easy. I just took it yeah. the other day, and you can see where the water line was or where it failed to dry quicker. So um, it doesn't take from the color. You have to really, like, get up close to it to see, and it's on the back side of it. But you can yeah. see it was dipped in the water. Not a big deal. It's for beating up, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to yeah, I'm looking forward to using it even more. I'm pretty happy about this one. Yeah, very cool, man. Well, I'll go ahead and uh, start talking about my high-end paddle. Uh, last year, at the end of the year, I ended up um, upgrading my paddle to the Bedding Branches Angler Pro. Um, I did step up the size and got a 260. Uh, Angler Angra Pro has uh, some of the same specs as the Werner that we were just talking about, and it has a fiberglass blade as well. 
and it's got the carbon shaft. Mine is uh, one ounce heavier at 28 and a half ounces. Uh, like we said before, bending branches is made in the USA and it retails in the $300 range. I've seen it a little higher. Um, I've seen it uh, a little lower, kind of depending on the time of the season. And um, um, like I've seen them when they're on like sub 300 when it's like the shorter paddles and it's the, the end of the year. Um, I did go ahead when I bought my paddle and I upgraded the drip rings and I bought Yakutek drip rings for mine. Uh, the design is a little bit different than the standard drip rings. It's kind of uh, ridged. I don't know if you could see that. Yeah, I forgot like, that right Yakutek came out with those uh, at one point. I do remember those being on the market. Are they still on the market? Uh, I am not 100% sure if they are. And to be honest with you, these things were uh, fairly difficult to get on. Um, I had to kind of like heat them up a little bit. And like... um, <laughs> go ahead. No, it looks like it'd be a pain in the butt. With the, yeah, it wasn't it. easy. Yeah, especially because when on this on this side, this is the side that's got the push button to lock the uh, to lock the paddle and what angle you wanted to paddle at. Yeah. And so you got to try to hold that down and feed that across the button, and then the ridge, you know, where the paddles slide together. You know how one of us it's got like the lower end, like where it's kind of machined down, and trying to get it over that edge where the uh, the ruler goes all the way up the shaft and it's pretty, um, it's, it, it was a challenge, but the first one took me a while. The second one, not so much because I, I knew what to do at that point, but I've got mine. I, to be honest, I can't remember what the color is. I almost wanted to say it was called a Raptor or something like that. Um, uh, this was the only, color. yeah, this was the only color that they actually had when I bought the, bought it, um, uh, in stock where I got it from. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a definitely a change in the sh a little bit of the shape of the uh, blade itself. Um, it's significantly lighter. Like uh, you're, I'm, I was looking at basically uh, almost a nine pound or not nine pound, nine ounce difference in what I had before, and it's twenty centimeters longer. So when I started paddling this thing, it instantly was completely different, and um, you know I. Uh, I was a little weary about it when I when I first picked it up because this fiberglass, like you said, you can see through it. And, you know, I'm like, is that like, is this fiberglass clear? And is this design stuff that we have on them like basically like a wrap? You know what I mean? Is that what that is? Because I, yeah, I'm, cool. as I'm looking at this, I have scratches and you can kind of like, you can see through them a little bit. And... I don't know see that fibers all in there too. You can see right. So we'll leave anybody skeptical. I mean, obviously that's going to happen, especially for you and I, because we're river guys and we just we beat the snot out of our paddles by pushing off rocks and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's one thing um, and I had like we were talking about that that paddle flutter when you uh, first started or when you had it, and I had the same 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 feeling in mine and I had read somewhere about somebody saying you know hey watch out for this paddle I don't remember what the, the model or the brand was but that it had a flutter to it and as soon as I did I, I got mine and I didn't buy that brand it wasn't for that reason I just I ended up sticking with bending branches because all of our paddles are that but I felt the same thing 
it wasn't significant. It would like come and go through the paddle stroke. I would feel it like either at the beginning or the end. And now I don't. So I think it was technically my, the, the paddle stroke that I was used to because at 240, I think I was lower, uh, lower in the water, like with lower with my arms. And I was still paddling that same way. And I'm wondering if that's what you're running into because like you said, that's a high angle paddle um after doing your research and so i'm wondering if you if when next time you go out try to put your arms up more and see if that still happens if maybe that blade needs to be sitting down like this as opposed to like that and if that if that's where that flex is happening so i paddle high anyways like i always did I started to do that because of the, the issue I had within my angler scout being too short. So I would like reach up and down uh, with my paddle strokes. And so the, for that flutter, it went away as soon as I started paddling like I, I had been doing in the past. So better paddle, um, It's a better paddling method to get used to anyways, in my opinion. It makes you faster, and I think it's probably a little bit better on your rotator cuff and stuff. Yeah, and I think it's a little easier to make that that core twist that you're supposed to have. Some, you know what I mean. You should use your core when you're paddling for sure. It helps power behind you if you use your core. Yeah, yeah. And if I go up high, it's it makes me look down more. If I'm doing to the side, I'm not. I'm. I feel like I'm twisting kind of my shoulders as opposed to my core at that point. That's just me personally. I so. guess technically if you do a correct paddle, which is up high, well, I guess we can't say that and say that's correct, but I know if you're going to do the high angle paddle correctly, technically I think you're supposed to almost come down completely vertical and twist and actually kind of look behind you. But we, but again, yeah. because of our because of our kayaks being wide and because we're kayak fishermen, we have all this other gear, and then we have a life vest on. Uh, some of the life vests have the higher backs. Uh, we just can't do that. So, so a lot of times we end up going to the low profile because we're, you know, sw- you know, touching here and there to make small adjustments. And then when we actually do paddle, we may not even be paddling that hard to get to where we need to go. Right. If you're, if you're a paddler, you might hold back on going. You plan ahead of time. You're just going to go to the part of the lake that you need to be on anyways. You're probably not going to make trips to and from and back and forth. And... Yeah, and then with the, with the whole motor thing now, especially with big lakes and people, you know, you invest in the motor, uh, these high-end paddles, you know, aren't really a necessity whatsoever, like, at that point. If you're, if you're rocking, you know, a Tusa FD or a, you know, a bonafide with a torpedo, you know, the, these having a high end paddle is not, is definitely not something that you need whatsoever. So, um, you know, any of the, any option at that point, paddle wise is going to be okay for you. But if you are somebody like Justin and I, who are in a paddle boat, you know, you, uh, your main source basically of movement is just, Getting uh, dipping the paddle in the water and going to town, man. It's it's going to be it's a game changer. Like I say, if you can't get a high end boat, that's fine. Actually, get the lower end boat and invest in a, a more expensive paddle. 
I've I've heard that from Chad Hoover. I've heard that from multiple big names in the kayak industry. Save your money for the paddle um, because it definitely is something that comes into play for your fatigue if you are somebody who spends a lot of time on the water. If you are somebody who goes like once or twice a month and you only go for a couple hours, it's no, there's no need for a high-end paddle like that. But if you are somebody who's, who goes a couple times a week and you do eight-plus-hour trips, invest in that lighter paddle and it'll make your life a 100 times better. I'm only saying that especially because – with with us, we don't have pedal drives, right, Justin? We we say you need to make right. a small adjustment at the angle of what you're casting. You know, the wind's twisting you around a little bit. And you cast, and then you don't like that angle. Your your hook set's going to be weird. You know, you're going to have a weird angled hook set. So we have to make those like small adjustments, right? And with these right. lighter paddles, that this is where this paddle shined for me. The instant I was able to pick it up with one hand and brace it underneath my elbow and just dip that thing in the water and, you know, turn my boat back to where I needed to be with one paddle stroke was, was huge. That, that, that is where I completely was sold on this expensive paddle. You know, you're, it's $300, you're like $300 for a paddle, you know, that's crazy. Um, but this year with doing the tournaments, yeah, d- doing tournaments on lakes, man, and that sort of thing, it, it definitely changed my opinion. Um, you know, like I, I, I would definitely still rock the lower end, especially on the rivers, because they're just, I think, it just seems to be slightly more durable to me. I, okay. That's just my opinion, though. Like, I don't really know yet. I don't think I've, I haven't done anything to, I've done something actually to this, high-end paddle which sold me because at first i was like this just looks not cheap but it looks fragile mm-hmm. you know definitely when you pick it up you know it's not cheap you know that's carbon you know definitely. that's carbon fiber chef i know for sure you know it's so light and but i was up in troy fishing with a buddy or we weren't fishing we were t- we took the kids out to, for a paddle and they have these little canal systems, and they go under these little walkway bridges, and it's a big concrete square tunnel, right? And I'm paddling. My little boy's like, go faster, Daddy. So I'm paddling my butt off, and then I stop because we're about to go through the tunnel, and there's not, like, a lot of room. And I set the paddle, like, up, like, kind of, like, just kind of right here up against my uh, life vest. And when I did that, that tunnel was just small enough that, both ends of my blades scraped down that wall and stopped us. Oh. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, Jeez. I'm like, this isn't good. Um, and, uh, like, I even felt it flex somewhat, you know. And uh, it did not break at all. It just scuffed the ends of it up. But yeah. nothing's wrong. It doesn't look like it's bent or warped or anything like that. So, you know, that that might attest to the durability of a high-end blade. I'm not sure, you know, I couldn't say, but like, I do know that in comparison to my other one, it looks the same. And, uh, I think it does rough up on the edges here on the rocks a little bit easier than the nylon. Uh, I mean, my nylon blade, I did have it for paddled with it for three years. So it's, it's kind of beat up too, but I definitely feel, you know, the the end of this blade getting a snot beat out of it but that's that's just a part of the game you know yeah. really it is especially when it comes to river fishing when you're river fishing you 
you're going to tag rocks all the time. You're going to push off rocks. You're going to push off the bank if you've gotten out to wait fish or whatever. And Plus so it's just river, which gives me something to think about. Now that you're saying all this, I, I may very well just use this for when I need to go the longer distances and strictly use it for a lake. Whereas in the river, I'm pretty much, I don't know, 60% of the time flowing downstream. Yeah. And, you know, I only need something to kind of push off of. I don't need to go fast. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll still utilize both of my paddles. But this might be strictly a uh, lake paddle, just like anybody would buy um, a right. non-pedal non drive kayak for the water on the river and then pedal drive for the lake right this is my option for that when i'm all paddle right now but yeah it's um it was like you said it was a game changer for me i do not regret buying it total thumbs up on it like i said before if you have the money and you know it's it's kind of the difference of buying the higher end boat versus the higher end paddle you know and you are going to be out on the water a lot I would say get the higher end paddle, upgrade the boat later. Um, that's just my opinion. I think you could kind of get more money from a resale of a kayak than you can the resale of a paddle anyways. Yep. So go ahead, get that expensive paddle, worry about down, you know, upgrading your boat at a, you know, a later time. If that's something that, you know, that you might have interest in doing, but that's just my opinion. You know, um, I've heard the same thing from multiple people. And, you know, uh, I not, it's not to knock anything against any of the lower end paddles. Uh, they all have their purpose and they all, it all works. You know what I mean? It, it still works in the long run. There's, it's not like you're buying a paddle and the first time you go out and because it, it was a $50 or $60 paddle, it snaps, you know, and breaks or something like that. You no, know, if anything, it takes, it's more durable and it can take more of a beating. Right. On those, yeah, on those low just, end paddles. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, that, that's it. That's all I was going to say is, you know, don't don't worry about any of these snapping. I have never had a problem with a paddle blade cracking, snapping. I push off rocks all the time in the river. Yeah. Um, if you look at this shoe paddle, it's pretty much only beat up on the ends. And even then, it didn't lose its shape. doesn't have any yeah. big gouges in it. It's one of those things where <clears throat> it's kayak fishing. You can dumb it down as much as you want to dumb it down or you can go all out and get the real expensive stuff it's just a matter of making the proper adjustments um, right you know uh, you can just go work out harder and and you'd be able to use this paddle but not everybody wants to do that and everybody wants to experiment with gear and that's cool and there is a purpose for all this stuff but uh i wouldn't worry too much if you if you have to if you're forced to start low i mean just right uh, have some pride in it and uh, like I said last time you can speak to this stuff if you if you have to if you have to start low and work your way up and you got more to compare you got more to talk about mm -hmm. so, but uh, do you have now now that you have a high-end paddle and I do as well you've had yours longer than me do you have plans of trying anything higher end or do you see yourself just settling with what you have because it's good enough um, to be honest, I think I would settle, settle where I'm at. Um, I would say if I changed anything possibly with the high end paddle, I would maybe look at doing a telescope, 
scoping because the angler pro comes in uh the fixed link and also has a telescoping feature also that you can get um i might try that out um a lot of people like that so if you're somebody who stands and paddles this you know they prefer to have the shorter paddle i kind of actually don't mind the height of it when i'm standing and trying to paddle you know like almost like a stand-up paddleboard style um I, I didn't mind having it up higher. I found it easier for me to do. That might not be the case for my who might be short. You know what I mean? Like who's, you know, five foot five or something like that. You might want to have the ability to drop the length down on your paddle because then you're going to have that blade up too high. I, I could put my hand on top of that blade and on the shaft and be able to do it just fine. So okay. there's not real. I don't think there's really a re, any reason for me to have a telescoping one. Um, but it would be interesting to try out to see if there is something that uh, useful that I could have at having a shorter one. I just know having that 240 and paddling with 240 was a pain in my butt for a long time. And, um, it's all the difference, just as 10 extra centimeters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, but to be honest, if I, if I was going to do anything, I might do what you're talking about and maybe buy a paddle that's a downgrade. That's a 260 to have for the rivers that I can beat up and not be so weary about. You might even uh, that actually might be... be able to find one already beat up uh, on, on Facebook Marketplace or something like that. There's right. a lot of people that are looking to upgrade and will probably just stick to that higher end paddle. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, don't do that. But, uh, I mean, the smart thing is to always have that backup paddle. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, you can probably find some beat up ones. Uh, sometimes people fly through this gear like it's nothing, yeah. which is unfortunate. But, I mean, hey, if they're able to do it, that's fine. But, uh, you know, get your well, use out of it. Yeah, and you get the guys who are like, you know, might uh, be on Bending Branches Pro team and they, they get new paddles every year. So, something I definitely want to check out, see if uh, I can buy another one just to have as backup, you know. Um, I mean, I've, I've fished tournament one last year and I totally forgot my paddle at home. It was pretty quite funny that the one thing that propels me to move around a lake, I leave at the house. So I ended up using, uh, I was at Kaiser Lake, that tournament you won. And, uh, I ended up having to use like one of their rental paddles, which was like, felt like it was a 170 centimeter paddle. Like it was absolutely hilarious trying to paddle it in my boat. It worked, but it was a pain. Sure, Fortunately, that lake is not huge. Yeah, yeah. That, and the thing. other thing is, too, is you, you want to look at this as the style of your boat. You asked me if I plan on upgrading. The other reason I, don't, I wouldn't plan on upgrading necessarily the paddle and go any further than what I've got um, is the next boat I plan on purchasing is probably going to be a pedal drive kayak. So there's, you know, like I said before, there, there's no real huge thing to have to need a... Uh, high-end paddle on one of those you know you're going to use that pedal drive unless it ends up being an emergency where you lose your drive and you know it's going to be that one time you have to use a, a heavier paddle it's not going to really be some big deal or anything like that yep. so yep. but um but yeah you know it's uh there's definitely a difference uh the cost and the quality of the material and weight is all plays a factor in this and it does make a difference you, you know you might look at it on paper i didn't realize my angler pro was that light i thought it was sitting around 31 and it's possible that it was and maybe they shaved off cut, 
couple ounces because I looked up the specs on it, and that might be new specs from this year. And but I, I, I'm thinking it couldn't have been a big difference. It had to have been around 28 and a half, and that's almost, you know, that's really close. That's an eight and a half ounce difference, and it's still you think that it's not much, but that half pound difference is, it's it oh, is absolutely different, especially a half pound. I mean, this is light, but when you stick it into the water, you're pushing against however many pounds of water and current and still water uh that's where it makes the biggest difference and how it cuts through that water right so i'm, I'm really looking forward to using this more but i, I think I'm, I'm in the same boat i'm probably just going to stay you know not everything needs to be going back to the phrase go big or go home some yeah. things you just don't need to go or continually search for a way to go higher and higher and higher and higher. I mean, this is a pretty light paddle. It cuts through the water, I'm sure. Uh, I'm going to get used to the little flutter, and I'm sure I'm not going to notice it anymore. Um, this is going to be good enough for me. I'm just going to get used to paddling this because I've paddled worse for longer. And, I, right. you know, after this point, we're talking, you're into the $400 range for paddles, 350 375 or more. I mean, it's only up from there. The fact that I got this one for free is really nice. I won a raffle. Or yeah. I won a contest. So that, that helps out quite a bit. So if I ever have to invest in another one, I guess, you know, it'll be time for me to invest. But uh, I, I think this is, this is a good place to stop. If I ever come across the opportunity to get one cheap, maybe. Or, you know, if I win another raffle or something or a giveaway, that's fine. But I don't really see, uh, I don't have a drive to want to experience anything further, at least right now with, with the paddles. I think this is, this is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, man, it's been a good show. You want to wrap it up? Anything else you want to add? Uh, let's make sure we go through, let's, let's shout out our, where you can follow us or where, if, if you got anywhere you want people to check you out at, and then we'll go through our sponsors and call it. All right. And you've got the sponsor list, correct? Uh, I might have to grab that again. I'm pretty sure I got most of them down. Okay. Uh, I'll go ahead. While you're looking that up, I'll just go ahead. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle name is Kusa Josh. Um, I am also on Facebook, just as Josh Eldridge, and you can find me also on Paddle and Fin, both the Facebook page and the web page. Um, you can feel free to reach out to us anytime if you guys have any uh, questions about any kind of gear or anything you'd like to see be reviewed. I know Justin and I have um, a lot of stuff already in the works, so um, we appreciate anybody who's working with us in regards to that. And um, But yeah, reach out to us. Uh, check out the Paddle and Fin podcast uh, Facebook page and web page. Um, to get that number, Justin, we hit uh, 20,000 plays today. Oh, okay. Wow. I've seen a number that was like 4,000. I was confused. Yeah. that uh, The 4,000 was just for the month of July. So, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 20,000 plays. So, like I said, again, thank you to everybody who's listening. Um, keep listening. Uh, spread the word, the paddle and fin word. We're out there. Our, uh, we have, you know, we just had a new segment that uh, was released today with Susie Roloff, and she killed it. It was a very, very 
awesome and informative uh, segment that they did. I like what she's doing for the women in the sport, and I continue. What she has, yeah, that's going to be an interesting segment. Yeah, and um, also we have another new segment, and that is uh, bass fishing for noobs. And Ryan Milford will be heading up that segment. Uh, Ryan had started out his segment on his own, and we uh, asked him to come aboard because um, Brian and I were talking about that. Our, our main our main goal here with this podcast is to reach out to the kayak fishing community. And also to bass fishing in general, you know, and we want it to be a learning experience. I know we do cut up and joke around a lot and um, especially with the OG show, you know, and but our our main goal still here is not, you know, we're not about trying to just be into sponsorships or, you know, just our general ideas as far as what happened with us. We want to keep this informative. So bringing Susie and Ryan on board was a no brainer. Um, Ryan's gonna, Ryan's, you know, a a new bass fisherman and he, uh, Ryan and I talked about this guy asked the right question. You know, he asked, he asked the stuff that a lot of people who are new to fishing ask. And it's like, you know, what rig do you set up? How do you fish that? What speed are you, you know, is your retrieval? That sort of thing. Uh, for people like us who've been fishing for, you know, for quite some time and found success with it, we tend to lose focus with that. And I think Brian's going to help bring that back and open the doors for us and our listeners to who might not, you know, might not have that background and it you know where it kind of gets lost because you know you and i can talk about a certain fishing style or lure and we already know what we're talking about so uh, i think brian's going to bring some of that technical stuff to light that he'll be able to ask um you know more experienced fishermen so i'm really excited to hear what he brings to the table as well so uh big things are coming from the podcast and when we do want to thank every one of our listeners for joining us and spread the word get more we want to get more listeners we want to get more people involved uh shoot any questions or concerns you guys have any improvements we can make please please don't hesitate to reach out so yep we're trying to create a, a network of anglers to bring you content and information uh, real quick, shout out to the sponsors. We have Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures. Please, everybody, save your uh, tore up plastics. As a little tip, uh, I know John Graves was taking a Clorox uh, container and putting it on his kayak or his uh, Subcat 10. Uh, you can throw it in your crate, you can throw it wherever, fill it up at the end of the year. We'll, we'll leave the address in the show notes. You can send all your, your plastics to. Uh, Eric Hammer Lures. He melts them down and uh, makes new baits for Heroes on the Water. Very cool. We program. have Coyote Sunglasses, Sweetwater Brewing, Fish Mob Lures, Southern Lake Co., Michigan, Ohio Kayak Anglers. I believe that's it. If you want to get a hold of me, look up and Justin Bock Marshall. Bocktown Adventures. Bocktown Adventures. Sorry. Oh, uh, Facebook, Justin Marshall. Or you can follow me over on Instagram at jmarshfishing. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we have for this week. And uh, you got any All right. I, I appreciate the time, Justin, and our listeners. Thank you for your time. And uh, we hope you guys have a great day and tune in 
uh, for the uh, next show, which which should be um, the reel down, right? With Brad and Johnny. Yep, that's the reel down. Our first show airs Thursday. Uh, well, this I guess at this point, yeah, it'll it'll be uh, this will be after that, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, uh, it does. It's tomorrow technically, so yeah. but uh, not tomorrow when they listen to this. So, but yeah. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, you guys have a great day. Tight lines and smooth paddling. legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss primo's truth about hunting wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment i'm will cooper and you're listening to hunt stands make your mark podcast on the waypoint podcast network stick around as i bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life